Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, hello. If you like talent, you are in the right place. Welcome to the Talent Factor Football Podcast, the number one podcast for the best football content. I am Jaden Clark. I will be your new host. Um, get used to this space because me, DP, and Keith are not going anywhere. Um, DP, how are you doing today? Jaden, I am good. As you can tell, I have a fresh cut, so I feel good. Um, Dion Sanders says, you feel good, you play good. And if you look good, you feel good, you play good. And I feel all that is me right now. I feel really good. And Keith, baby, it's week one, man. What's going on? How you feeling? Mike, check, Mike, check. My mic is hot, so you know it's time to talk some football. DP, you forgot about the last part of that, though, man. You say you look good, you feel good. If you feel good, you play good. But if you play good, they pay good, baby. They pay good. Touché. That's the last part Touché. of that. So I, I, I thought I might as well finish that off, man. But, you know, I'm ready to talk some college football. We in, we in the midst of week right now, so let's get this thing started. Keith, you know I love my segues, and you segue that right back into me. You said pay good. And people love money. And for those that love money and want to make money, Let's give a quick shout out to our, our partners over at Bet Online. They are the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with the first to market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in game betting props and futures head to bet online today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet use our promo code believe 50 b-l-e-a-v 50 to receive 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online where the game starts and the game's gonna start with you Jaden. so i'm gonna toss it back to you let's get it going all right uh well as we all know College football is no longer on the horizon. It is here. We just finished week zero. We are in the midst of week one. And personally, I want to get straight to it, maybe even start a little debate. Um, Let's skip to the end of the season before the season starts. Let me me hear y'all's playoff brackets and then, you know, subsequently your national championship winner. Yeah, so me and DP, we went through, um, and, and we this is a collective, so this is a talent factor uh, playoff <laughs> bracket right here. And so the four teams we came up with were Alabama, Ohio State, Michigan, and Clemson. Uh, one of the unique things we did, we were high on Michigan, so we thought that, hey, even if you know Ohio State and Michigan clash, we still think that one of those um, teams would still make it to the playoffs. Clemson, we thought that, hey, you know what? We believe in DJU. We think he'll get the job done. And obviously, Alabama's Alabama. Like we talked about yesterday, if you leave him out, you're, you know, you're just trying to be different. You can't deny the talent, though. Uh, but th- with those four teams, DP, um, who you have winning the national championship? Keith, like you talked about with Alabama, you know, you can't deny the talent because the talent is the factor. And <laughs> <laughs> you see what I did there. But, um, Shameless man, plug. you know, this – Shameless on our own show. Uh, Ain't no so, shame in our game, baby. There's no shame in our game. None at all. And, and there's not going to be any shame in my pick for national champion. And I'm going to go with Alabama. And, and, and I'm going to pick Alabama to defeat Ohio State. Alabama 
had like we talked about the couple episodes ago, the scariest man in college football, which is Will Anderson. But they have Chris Braswell, who's supposed to rotate in as well uh, at the edge rusher position, as well as well as Dallas Turner. They got Eli Ricks and Kool Aid McKinstry. I promise you, when he's playing in coverage, everything ain't sweet. So he's, you know, what I'm saying like they got a lot of guys: Jordan Battle, Malachi. They have a really good defense now, Keith, and then. Bringing Jameer Gibbs in that backfield with Jermaine Burton. The playmaker. Bro, like, it's going to be really hard to say, okay, we're going to hold Alabama under 30 and we're going to score over 30. It's going to be really difficult for teams to say that. I think Ohio State will be able to knock off even Michigan and, and win uh, the, the the Big Ten, sorry, and get into that, into that uh, national championship game. But I think – Bama's defense is going to give them too many issues. Will Anderson is going to be a monster for Dewan Jones and uh, and Paris Johnson, who's going to be playing his first year at tackle. So let me go with Alabama uh, to over Ohio State. Yeah, man. I um, you know, obviously know everybody knows I've worked at LSU. Um, you know, as part of the coaching staff for the past couple of years. So this is gonna hurt a little bit, but I gotta do it, man. Roll tide. Um, they gonna, they, I think they're gonna win a national championship at the end of the day. They are the most talented team. DP, I don't have to outline the players because you went through the entire roster and let everybody <laughs> know who to look out for. So it's gonna be another year where they have 10, 12, 15 draftable guys. Um, man, one of my favorite guys, Jermaine Burton. Uh, I think he's going to make plays. He's going to step up as that number one wide receiver. And, you know, when you look at the rest of these teams, Ohio State, Clemson, Michigan, we've watched those guys. We've scouted them. We feel like they're talented teams, but Alabama's just on a different level right now. So as far as national championships go for the talent factor, we're going with Alabama, baby. I I don't know if I'm appalled. The way Roll Tide just literally <laughs> rolled off your tongue like that, it's like you said it before. Oh, it was really easy. Could, yeah, it was really yeah. easy, Jaden. I'm really a little easy. uneasy myself. Okay. Don't, don't, um, don't take it personal. Don't take it personal. It's just business. It's just <laughs> business. And as we said before, who are we to deny the truth? Um, but going with that, yep. straight off national championship winners, you know, what happens national championship week? We have the Heisman runoff. So both of you guys, I see, have two different opinions. So I want to hear, let's go with DP first. Who do you have and why? I got CJ Stroud. I know I know it's kind of anticlimactic because I just said that he's going to lose <laughs> the national championship. But, but I'm picking him to win the Heisman, right? Like, I feel as if you look at the weapons that he has, man, they're, they're plentiful. Like Marvin Harrison Jr., you know, JSN. Like Julian Fleming, they have some guys, the names I can't even pronounce, to be honest with you. But they have a lot of, like, they. Brian Hartline is doing a great job recruiting receivers, and they're developing guys. They would have had Jameson Williams if he didn't say, you know what, I can't sit behind right. y'all too much longer. I got to go to Alabama. So yeah. they're doing a great job, and they have a lot of depth. He has, to me, he has arguably the best running back, maybe RB2 in all of college football, Travion Henderson, good offensive line, and they're going to put up points. You know, he's second year, second year in college football, Keith. He's not going to go through the ebbs and flows of, of a first-year starter that he did last year. And he also had a shoulder injury last year. He's healthy. He's he's motivated. His mind is clear. He's ready to ball. I think C.J. Stroud is in the prime position to put up 42 points per game in the Big Ten, knock off Michigan, get that revenge, put, kind of put little brother back in his place, and then and win the, and win the, uh, the Heisman. 
Okay, I, I like that. I like that. But, you know, I, I went a different way. And, you know, y'all just got on me about saying Roll Tide. But I'm going to have to say it again. Roll Tide. I think twice? this time, hear twice? me out, hear me out. It's going to it's going to a defensive player. We're going with Ooh. Will Anderson. DP, you just call him the scariest guy in football. Um, people call him the Terminator. He demolishes the entire offensive line. He single-handedly ruins games. Listen, I'm, I'm going to say this. I'm tired of the, the voters who are making this a quarterback award, right? Like, if this is going to be a quarterback award, name it that. But we're talking about the best player in college football. Will Anderson will be the best player in college football next year. So give him the damn award. Give him the Heisman <laughs> award. He he deserves it. He will be the number one overall draft pick. Uh, so I'm going with Will Anderson from Alabama. It's three strikes you're out, Keith. I want you to know that. Okay. So like that, was, that was only two. That was only no, two. No, I know. I'm just, I'm just two. putting it That's out there. That's a warning, Keith. Be, That's a clear warning. Be, this may be about football, but three strikes, you're out. You can, <laughs> we can support Alabama. We can support them without the, the roll tide. I just feel like you're, you're almost enjoying it. It seems like you're enjoying it. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I, um, but I plead the fourth. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's okay. It's okay. We'll move on because – Feelings seem to be getting hurt here. Um, we have other headlines for the week, and I wanted to go into a little bit um, about Nebraska. Uh, we're going to talk about Scott Frost and his coming season and what this means for him. Man, Keith, we talked we talked about this, right? We we foreshadowed yeah. this last week, Keith. Like, you cannot go to Dublin, Ireland, fifteen hour flight, and lose to Northwestern. And what does Scott Frost do, Keith? He went to Dublin, Ireland <laughs> on a 15-hour flight and lost to Northwestern. Like, this is a for, – for me, this – like, the, the seat was already hot. You, you came in with these expectations as being the savior, like you talked about last week, being the savior of this program. This is your alma mater. You had so much success as your, at your last stop, right? So we were expecting you to have that similar success with better recruits and a better roster than you were dealing with at the smaller school. No shot to believe it was UCF in the, the American AAC conference or whatever conference they're in right now. But, you know – you haven't lived up to the bill. You choked in close games, and you did it again Saturday when you were the meat and potatoes of week zero. Everybody was looking forward to that game, and you blew it. You lost. And how did you lose? You had the lead. You had momentum, and you kicked the onside kick for no apparent reason. Didn't make sense. It didn't help your team. You didn't recover it. So it was like you gave North you gave Northwestern who Ryan Helinski was kind of carving your defense up and you gave them a short field. Keith, it didn't make sense. It doesn't make sense now. And now you you've lost a game. You choked away a lead 15 hours away from home. And for me this this is this is tough. Then you go and you say well, our, our, our offensive coaches and play callers, you know, have to be more creative in this league. Bro, I don't think that was the problem. I don't, I don't think them calling plays was the issue for you and your and your, you guys losing this game. You and the fact that y'all couldn't stop the run as for some as someone that couldn't stop a nosebleed with tissue. You couldn't do anything. So, I think that this is setting him up for a really tough season. He's got to bounce back, and he's got to bounce back strong because there's no in a, in a week. What they're in the whatever division they're they're in a weak division of the Big Ten, like yeah. they're in the clear weak division. 
like you need to be up there in terms of the top two. But the way that this thing ended Saturday, I, I don't have much faith in it, Keith. So I, I think he's. I, I think it's the the seat is hot. There's some coals. Somebody's done kind of threw some um, some gasoline under there. They used the 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 long um, you know grill lighter. You know that the, that the old folks <laughs> and then used. ran away after they done they, they done lit that bad boy up, and now he got to sit in it. And it's like he got to grab some water or something and put that fire out, Keith. But I think this is going to be a tough season for him to bounce back from after that tough loss. Yeah, man, it, this is tough. And, and it's not just any loss when you talk about the fan base, right? Uh, because you have a fan base that traveled to Ireland. So when you lose those type of games, now your fans are sitting there like, oh, I spent X amount of dollars, right? I spent thousands of dollars and also time, right, and effort to come see my team play, you know, at, a I guess, a neutral site game and you lose. And then, like you said, you mentioned it's how you lost. Like y'all were up, I believe y'all were up 28 to 14 or 28 to 17, something like that. You had a controllable lead. Everything was looking good. You had Casey Thompson, you had Trey Palmer, you know, you had those guys rolling and it looked like a new Nebraska. And that's exactly what you wanted to sell the fan base on. But then in the second half, it looked like old Nebraska, right? And, I, man, it's just extremely tough. And, you know, on here, we'll never get to a point where we're calling for people jobs because that's not what we do. But just pointing it out that, guess what? It's going to be tough for Scott Frost moving on. He's going to have to – I hate to say run the table, but he, he probably only has one more loss in the deck for him as far as a head coach because it's extremely tough with their fan base. 100%. So we can all basically agree that last week was the time to make a statement – from here on out, there's no more making a statement. See, either prove that you belong here or you don't. And Correct. if you don't, yep. then that, we move on to new coaching staff, and that's just the game. At the end of the day, football teams don't want to yep. lose, and football programs aren't here in the business of continuous losing. Um, so with that, we're going to move on to um, other people who we feel like need to make a statement, um, and hopefully they make a better statement than Scott Frost did. Damien, can you give me your pick? <laughs> Oh, of course, of course, Jaden. And that's Cade McNamara, quarterback for Michigan. He was their starting quarterback pretty much the entire season last year. They he did rotate in with the back of J.J. McCarthy. But this season is a little interesting, guys, because head coach Jim Harbaugh, which I think that's the right Harbaugh, but the Harbaugh uh, coach, he's, <laughs> he always gets them too confused. It is Jim. But Jim said that week one, Cade McNamara is going to start. Week two, J.J. McCarthy is going to start against Hawaii. And that's going to decide who's the starting quarterback going forward into week three. Cade has to, Cade has to make a statement, right? The, the knock on Cade, and I've kind of been one of the ones leading that charge, is he's got a talented, he's got a talented offense, multiple receivers, multiple tight ends, a good offensive line, a, a dual threat running game with Edwards and, and um, Blake Corm in the backfield. Like, bro, you have to be the guy. You got to push the ball downfield. I, I I didn't like turning on the tape and seeing Cornelius Johnson route up corners and you didn't look his way, and he was your number one receiver while Ronnie Bell was coming back from injury last year. Kaden McNamara has to take chances, guys. Like, this, this game, I'm not saying be reckless. I'm saying go out there and show that not only can I be the game manager and I can run the offense, but when we need big explosive plays – he left a lot of plays on the field last year, a lot of touchdowns, a lot of points. He cannot do that week one against Colorado State. If anybody needs to make a statement, it's K. McNamara because if he doesn't, and next week against a Hawaii team that's really shaped for J.J. McCarthy to drop 500 total yards on, you may lose your starting job in your final season of college football. 
Yeah, I, I'm just for me to quickly comment. Uh, this is weird, right? We, we've had we've had um, spring ball, we've had training camp, fall camp. You've had numerous practice in between that. You had practice and practice and practice, right? And then you still <laughs> couldn't figure out who's the starting quarterback. So what we're going to do is we're going to roll you guys out for week one and week two and see who's the starter. I think you're going to come back with the same exact answer that you've been getting in fall camp. I'm not sure what that answer is, but I'm pretty sure it's going to stay <laughs> consistent. So overall, I just thought this was weird, but I agree, DP. Uh, K. McNamara needs to make a statement. But for me, my make a statement guy, this is a guy that's a talent factor guy um up until week one we'll see how it performs and see if we're gonna uh stay on this train or not but um i'll go with dju uh from clemson listen they, they're playing georgia tech right georgia tech was you know let's be honest they're at the bottom of the acc as far as talent and rosters so i think he has to carve them up for the three four five hundred yards he has to play well this cannot look like last year where he threw for 150 yards then you know they they got some uh some rushing production and then they win the game 21 to 10 versus georgia tech it can't look like that um so i think dju needs to go out there arm talent wise he may be the most talented quarterback in the entire in, in college football so he needs to figure that out whether it's the wide receivers chemistry whatever they just need to simply figure that out but i'm going with dju make a statement so we could come back on here next week baby and talk about you and say that we was right for staying with you staying down with you when things were tough 100 he is a talent factor guy we are rooting for dju to to let that talent shine man and this is a perfect setup so i'm with you keith i want to come back next week and be like yo our guy did it yeah <laughs> y'all too um so with that, you know, we're talking about <laughs> I'm sorry. That was cute. I really hope he does come back and y'all can stand firm on your grounds. Oh, wow. Um, she called us cute. Okay. I'm going to take that for my um, – I'm going to take that as she's talking about I my believe, looks. I'm going to take that as my looks. Oh, I was just saying, I believe that you guys, if you pick a person, you stick by them. You know, you're with them when they're right you know, and you're with them when they're wrong in public. Loyalty. Um, loyalty. Speaking, yeah. of, speaking <laughs> of, you know, the changing tides of the year, what we expect, what we don't expect – um, you know, Oklahoma has big shoes to fill and we don't know if they're going to fill those shoes. And we have a statement that we have made as a talent factor. We need to decide factor fishing. Um, so do we think Oklahoma's reign over the Big 12 is done now that Lincoln Riley departed and has left for USC? I'll take this and go. I think so. I think it's a transitionary period, man, for so long this program has gotten away with just offensively being better than everybody else. And I think they're going to bring in somewhat of a different philosophy. Obviously, Brent Venables coming over from Clemson. He's a defensive guy. Like, that's what he hangs his hat on. So um, he's going to get there. I think he's going to see why this Oklahoma defense hasn't been that good in the past. And it's probably because they haven't necessarily had great players. So he's going to want to possibly, you know, put his stamp on it. So as far as a run game, some defense, but I think, Offensively wise, I don't expect them to score 50, 60 points and, you know, just be those cons that consistent offensively dominant team just because um, what has been in place for so long is no longer there as far as the principle and mentality approaching a football game. Yeah, Keith, I agree. And like you say, you lost Lincoln Riley, you, you you lose Caleb Williams, and Spencer Rattler's gone. And, yeah, like you, uh, you, you have know, a transfer coming over from UCF, like totally different level of football. It's so much change in such a short amount of time, yeah. right? Like a lot of change. You lost a lot they, of players. They just lost Kale Gundy. 
oh yeah, you lo- you lose a, a, a coach that's been there for a while is what well. like it's just a lot of of turmoil and and turning of the page. And I don't think I, I feel like it's going to take a while. Like you said, changing the guard, Brent Venables is going to build his defense up. He's going to be a really good defensively. But what is the what is the offense going to look like going forward? What is the quarterback right. position? You got to recruit now, like recruit quarterbacks and figure out how to get these talented guys in there, man. And and, and the way that the landscape of college football is changing with the super conferences and, you know, so much the NIL, like it's going to be really difficult now for to go into a high recruit quarterback's home and be like, "Well, we don't have Lincoln Riley anymore." And like that's our that that's already a red flag for for a quarterback. Like, okay, so what is your offensive system going to look like? I think it may take a little bit of time for them to get where they need to be offensively. So I agree. I think the rain is over. Um, I think Texas is back, just not yet because they got some injuries. <laughs> well, that was actually about to be my question on that last statement. Um, so you guys think that this year, even if it's not a complete bombshell of a horrible, you know, just down drop, it is going to be a year of them having to find new relationships, find new places to go, how to do things. Um, do you guys think that that yeah. is built through years of then building a new team or is it with just changing tides and behaviors of the team of the past? I mean, I know y'all said you have to build up yeah, the Gina, offense I- and stuff like that, but how do you guys think they do that? Yeah, no, I, I think I think what it is is it's a new identity, right? Like when mm-hmm. you see Oklahoma football, so much of that was associated to offense, right? Now you like when you when you see um, you know LSU or Alabama, it's like you, there are certain things you think about when you see those teams. So I think Oklahoma was so much associated with offense, and then now you bring in a defensive coach. Now you have to when you go into a kid's um, you know living room. You want to go into defensive prospects living room and they feel good because Oklahoma plays good defense. So I think that's more of the issue. Do I believe that Oklahoma will get back to that point at some point? Yeah, yeah. But it's going to take them a couple of years to kind of turn this thing over and remove themselves from that offensive firepower type situation to being a defensive minded team and having a defensive identity with high school prospects. No, 100 percent. I can't remember off the top of my head. Are are they one of the teams? Is it Texas and Oklahoma that are going to SEC, or is it just Texas? Yeah, both of them. Both of them. Both of them. So yeah, so they're running the Big Twelve is dead. Like I just thought it's it's completely dead. Like I I don't you know once that move anywhere, like it's over. Yeah, it's it's on on the horizon. I think so. I think it's twenty twenty five. It's quite soon. Yeah, it's it's going to be a it's going to be a little while for the I think before they can really rebuild this team to the prominence. Because at the end of the day, especially you going to the SEC, like regardless, you could play good defense even in the Big Twelve, but you still got to score points. Yeah, no, we're yeah, not sure that's going to. Yeah. We don't know how that's going to happen. Like you can't hold the other offenses down for all four quarters if your if your offense isn't putting up thirty. Like you're going to give the other offense ample time to figure out how to defeat your defense, tire your defense out, your defense being on the field too long. Yeah, I, I think their run is over. Dang. That makes me sad. You don't ever just that, that makes you sad. When dynasties end, you're like, wow, that was a good one. I I'm happy I got to see that. Don't know if we'll ever see it again. Um, so next on my list Not of headlines today. <laughs> you never know. You never know. They could surprise you. You never know. He could surprise you. They could come out and they could be, if not the same Oklahoma, at least have the same power. Um 
I don't know though. I don't don't quote right. me because I don't I don't want to come back in a couple <laughs> weeks and be like I'm so sorry I said that. Um, so next on week one and <laughs> next in week one and our predictions. Um, you know there is a Florida versus Utah game coming up and Utah is favored by ESPN Pick Center um, by three. So how do you guys feel about not only their prediction, but this game coming up? Sound the alarm. This is our <laughs> upset alert right here. I, I don't see Utah coming into Florida, um, Gainesville, into the swamp, right, and, and, and upsetting Florida. Like, there, there are too many positive things going on with Florida. They have a new head coach. You're talking about um, DP's guy, Anthony Richardson. He's going to be able to run, throw the football. So I just think too much is going to go on. And, and, and we've been in those situations, Jaden, where, you know, the home crowd matters, right? Like, it's, it's much like Death Valley to where, you know, when you get 100,000 fans week one screaming at you, eventually it takes a toll on the opponent. And I think that's what happened when you tell us. They're, they're a tough-minded football, but, you know, Pac-12 tough and SEC tough is two different things, right? Like, you can be a tough Pac-12 team, but in the SEC, that's that's we see that every single day in the SEC. So I don't think that part will, will you know, kind of invoke any fear in Florida, and I, and I think their athletes will win out, especially Anthony Richardson. Yeah, you know, Keith, you, you put it on the head, man. I mean, you have Utah, who is the seventh-ranked team in the nation. Florida isn't even ranked at all. That's crazy. And you know what I'm saying? Like this, that, that, that when I, when we were going through our prep, I looked at that and it shocked the life out of me. I was like, Florida's <laughs> not ranked. I was like, okay, cool. So you got Utah at seven. They're, they're favored by three. And like you said, it's, it's, it's in the swamp. It's at seven o'clock Eastern, right? This is a West Coast team as well. Like you're going into a volatile, amped, like loud environment with a rabid fan base that know that they have a dude at quarterback that they're super excited for. Anthony Richardson, six foot four, 250 pounds, four, 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 five, reportedly in the 40. But if you watch him run and, and the way he took off on defenses last year, you know that this kid has wheels. And he's got the, the, the dynamic arm. He's agile. He does so many different things. He's a run pass option all on his own, Keith. So you think about that, and defensively, Florida has some dudes: Gervon Dexter, Trey Dean, Avery Helms, um, you know, uh, Miller at, at, at middle linebacker, and Britton Cox Jr. They have the guys that can make Cam Rising the quarterback, or for Utah, very uncomfortable. Utah lost some key pieces to the NFL in Devin Lord and, and some of their guys. I think this is going to. Be, I think this is an upset for sure. I think Florida co- comes into their home and protects their house. And knocks off Utah. Yup, you heard it first with the talent factor. Florida upsets, unranked Florida upsets Utah. I don't put anything past any SEC team ever, especially at home. So I can't help but agree with y'all. I've, if I've learned one thing is that you just never know with that conference. Um, and that leads me to my favorite segment. I think that it is definitely our staple and something that is just a little more fun to do. So we're going to go straight off. We're going to do some pick em games um, for week one, starting with Penn go. State and Purdue. Let's get it. So, Penn State or Purdue? You gonna take you take that one for DP. Man, um, Penn State versus Purdue. Purdue is at home. Penn State lost some, they lost some guys, but I think Penn State is going to be able to pull off 
the away upset. This is still a good team. They're coached well. They typically have a good uh, defense. And shout out to to me and Joe. Mar- no, not Joe Maria. Sorry, not Joe. Kyle Krabs guy, Parker Washington, who's taking over that lead wide receiver one role for the Penn State offense. I think he has a big game and helps lead them to a victory. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. I think this instantly turns into the Parker Washington show. He puts the the rest of the, the, the country on notice um, that he's the potential number one first-round wide receiver. So I'm going with Penn State for this one. All right. Keeping it with the Pennsylvania schools, we're going on to Pitt at West Virginia. Who wants to go first? Mm. All right. Well, I'm just going to pick Damien. You go I'll first. Take, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it because this, this was a little <laughs> tough. This is a little tough. But you know what? I started thinking about I, I mentioned Joe Marino. I'm going to talk about our guy, uh, you know, Kalijah Cansey. West Virginia is a spread open type of team that wants to throw the ball and put up points. They got JT Daniels at quarterback, transferred from Georgia, who transferred from USC. So hope, hope to God that he can finally put it put it on tape and prove why he was a, a high recruit. But Kalaja Kansi, I think uh, Keaton Slovis has something to prove as well. And they got receivers on pit that, yeah, Jordan Addison isn't there, but those guys also have a chip on their shoulder to prove that it wasn't just Jordan Addison that ran that offense. So I'm going to go with Pitt to, uh, to, to go into West Virginia, into Morgantown, and walk out with the vic- victory. Yeah, I, I'm gonna go with Pitt also. Um, I know this is the second team we picked to uh, win a away game in Week One, but like I said, I, I just think that Pitt is the more talented team. Um, head coach, you've seen him for ACC media days. Probably one of the most confident head coaches in all of college football. So I think to they say the there. least. <laughs> they go in there with something to prove, um, and they and they they get the W against West Virginia. All right, next on my list is college football's favorite little engine that could, Cincinnati at Arkansas. <laughs> I like that intro, Gene. I like that. Um, I have something to say about this one, so I'm going to go first. Uh, I'm going with the home team. I'm going with Arkansas. Uh, like I said, man, the, the, the SEC is just a little bit different. Um, I respect what Cincinnati did last year, but guess what? None of those guys are there anymore. Desmond Ritter's gone. Uh, Alec Pierce is gone. Majay Sanders is gone. Um, who, who are we missing? Uh, Sauce Gardner is gone. They they lost a lot. Um, so this is not the same Cincinnati team. On that level, in that group of five level, it's hard to replace um, – draftable guys with more draft great you know high draftable guys i just don't think that cincinnati can recruit to that level arkansas kj jefferson pound the rock tough sam Pittman, the head coach former offensive line coach think he gets the job done uh yeah no I, i'm also going arkansas to protect their home uh like you said kj jefferson but we know that the biggest issue that cincinnati had you know, when they saw the only SEC team they saw, which was Alabama, and granted, it is Alabama, but it was the trenches, Keith, like the offensive and defensive line. And if they want to continue to run that three-three-five type of style of defense with small defensive linemen, K.J. Jefferson and those running backs are going to have a field day. You can see a 300-yard rushing performance if they do not stop the run. But K.J. Jefferson is also a guy to keep an eye on in terms of the quarterback battles in college football because he's a big arm quarterback with a lot of mobility, a thick, sturdy build, man. I just think even with the new with the hyper on the new quarterback at Cincy, uh, Ben Bryant, uh, who people expect to have a good season, I just think the trenches are going to be too much for, for, for Cincinnati yet again, SEC over the AAC. All right, my next game near and dear to my heart, kind of. 
Um, we are stepping away from actually at home games and we're moving to neutral sites, uh, Florida state versus LSU, um, in the dome in new Orleans. Uh, how do you guys feel? I know we've had what I guess a big headline a couple weeks ago with miles Brennan deciding to walk away, which we all have previously said this would have been his time to really show us what he's made of. So what do you guys think coming into week one? Yeah. So for, for this one, I wish that we had a confidence meter. Um, because this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna pick LSU, but I don't know. I have no. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if I feel good about this or not. At the end of the day, man, uh, my confidence meter is very low, um, and it's just because there's so much change, man. You're talking about bringing in Brian Kelly, Miles Brennan retiring, um, you know, Keishon Butte not finishing out last year due to injury, um, whole new coaching staff. So I, I LSU, you know, I, I bleed purple and gold. But confidence meter is 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 probably at a one. Oh, um, out of ten. Whoa, one out of ten. Keith, out of ten. <laughs> I don't even know if that actually I, means I, you pick them. It kind of feels like you're just. No, I did pick them. Just, I, I said I, I said I think I said I think they'll win. I, I picked them. I picked them. Keith, you are you you really are are, are throwing you know Jaden for a loop. You said roll tide twice, roll and then you twice. said you. And then you said you pick an LSU, but you have a one out of ten confidence. Right, so meet. it really feels Jay, like I, it was not a pick. It feels like it was a if they win, and if they don't, uh, he wipes his hands clean. <laughs> Jaden, I, 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 I'm you know for my pick, uh, Jaden. You know I'm, I don't have any ties to LSU, so I hope I'm not going to disappoint you. I'm actually you taking won't. Florida State. Um, wow. I, I, I'm actually going to take Florida State. Uh, okay. You know, new head coach Mario Cristobal in town. Um, Jordan Travis, the you know redshirt junior quarterback. I really like their, their number eight, their running back Treshawn Ward, shifty, just kind of quick, explosive jitterbug that can run the ball. They got Michael Pittman coming in um, as a transfer receiver, and like you said, there's been a lot of kind of change and turmoil with the LSU program, not knowing who's going to be the quarterback. Miles Brennan saying, you know what? I'm out of here. I'm retiring from football. Like, we don't know what Jaden Daniels is going to look like in this offense if he is the starting quarterback. So I, I think the for oh, me yeah. the safer option is going to be Florida State. I think they are coming off of a, a win that, you know, I, don't, I can't pronounce the name of this team that they just defeated um, this past weekend. I'm not going to try, but I do believe – that they are in a good spot in terms of their roster, uh, veteran leadership, things of that nature. And I really like Mario Cristobal. So I'm going with the uh, with the Seminoles to knock off LSU. I'm so excited to talk about this next week. Um, uh, my next, <laughs> sticking, <laughs> sticking with neutral sites, again, kind of. Um, we're going to have Georgia Tech versus Clemson in Atlanta in their dome. Keith? Yeah, I, uh, I mean, I, I hinted at this earlier. I, I got to go with DJU. Georgia Tech is, you know, roster-wise, they're just not living up to it, even with a bad Clemson football team if they perform bad. Uh, so this one's easy, simple. Just go Clemson. Yeah, Keith, you know, I'm a big fan of DJU and Jeff Sims, the quarterback from Georgia Tech. But when the moment that I heard that there's rumblings about them starting a left, a freshman left tackle uh, heading into this week against Miles, Mur uh, Miles Murphy for Clemson, that's a no-go. Um, I'm going Clemson. Uh, Trenton Simpson, Miles Murphy, Brian Brzee is healthy. Yeah, three new stars on the offensive line for Georgia Tech. That's rough. Give me Clemson. Wow. No faith. No faith. No. I mean, I also agree. Um, I just thought one of you might pull a wild card out here and just be like my solid reasonings for. No, no. Um, 
No. Yeah, no wild cards. No wild cards. No wild cards. <laughs> Um, next, we have Notre Dame at Ohio State. These are, you know, two big names. Y'all go ahead and pick which one you guys think you guys got. Yeah, man, it, this is another one that I'm, I'm, I'm torn because I know what I want to happen. Uh, but I have to be honest with myself. I got to go to Ohio State. Um, obviously, you know, Marcus Freeman, you know, got a chance to, to meet him before. Uh, very well calculated, intelligent head coach. I have no doubt no doubt that he would do a great job at Notre Dame. But this is just a tough task to handle, man. Ohio State, you're talking about C.J. Straw. You're talking about the the wide receivers, the first round is that they just run off of the bench. Um, you know, so they're, they're deep, man. And I just don't think Notre Dame has enough um, defensive back help to really, you know, kind of just contain those guys for, for a quarter. So I'm going to go Ohio State with this one. Like I said, I'm going to pick with my mind and not my heart. Now, I'm with you, Keith. Um, you know, Ohio State as well. And, and you know, there, there are some matchups that could go in Notre Dame's favor. You know, Isaiah Foskey playing that pass rusher, that Viper role for that defense. Going up against Paris Johnson, who's playing his first game at left tackle in all of his college football career. That could be problematic if he's – a little overwhelmed by what Isaiah Foskey can bring. But, you know, I mean, Notre Dame themselves is starting a new quarterback at Tyler Bushner, who's a sophomore against Ohio State, who's going to be able to put up points and to, to say, hey, sophomore, Tyler, we need you to go into an arms race against C.J. Stroud and those and that offense. I just think that's too much to ask to this young man. Um, I think they, they put up a, a tough fight because they're well coached with Marcus Freeman. But I think Ohio State pulls this one out. All right, we're moving on to my last. We're back at neutral sites um, in Atlanta. Once more, Oregon versus Georgia. Are you one of the wild card? Here's the wild card oh. pick right here. I'm going Oregon football with this one. Wow. Um, like I said, it's neutral site, but it's not really neutral. This will be yeah. Atlanta Field Dome. Um, I, I think that Bo Nix gets it done. Listen, he's played in the SEC for three, four years. Hasn't necessarily been that well, but at least you can say he was there. that he's seen it before, right? Um, so that's that's what I'm leaning on, that he's seen it before. This Oregon team is a lot more talented than what people give them credit for. And then when you talk about Georgia, they lost so many guys. And I know that it's like experience matters, especially in big-time football games. When you talk about coverage buzz, you're talking about assignments, you know, little things like not turning the football over. I think a couple of those weird type of plays is going to go in Oregon favor. So I'm expecting them to win this one. I think it's going to be close. You're talking about like a, a 25 to 22 type of football game. But I'm predicting that the Oregon Ducks, they pull this one out. Keith? Oh. What up, we are in agreement, brother. Uh -oh. I'm also going <laughs> quack, quack on the Ducks, man. <laughs> uh, I think I think this is a situation. You brought up all those things, right? But I think the one part that, that, that we need to talk about, the defense from Oregon, right? You have Justin Flo, Noah Sewell. They got Christian Gonzalez, who is a TDN favorite at corner right now. They have a defense that can actually play with the offense of Georgia. Georgia wants to run the ball because he got Stetson Bennett at quarterback. Let him kind of manage the game, distribute the ball to their, their, their athletic just monsters at tight end. 
But this this is a defense that can stop the run, in my opinion, when you have those two athletic physical freaks at linebacker and a guy like Christian Gonzalez that can play man-to-man coverage and be real sticky and take away a lot of different route options for Stetson Bennett. And I think they, they can get in the backfield and cause some havoc for Stetson Bennett to hold the ball. And if Bo Nix can just put up enough points to make Stetson Bennett have to play quarterback. No hand the ball off, no game manager, no Bennett. You're going to have to win this for us. And we've seen that that's not been the strength of his game. So I think Oregon walks into Georgia, puts a muzzle on the Bulldogs, and quack quacks their way back over to the West Coast. (laughs) I'm sorry. Your last sentence was a lot for me. Between the muzzle, the Bulldogs, the quack quacks, um, we well, animated, guys. baby. It's week one. Let's go. <laughs> that was a well, DP guys. special right there. That was a I, DP special. I loved it. I think everyone else is going to love it. I think this has been the perfect first episode to start off this season right. Um, you know, I have nothing much left. Do you guys have anything less to give? No? DP, you I would something? just say, I would just tell everybody, like I tell you every podcast, man, we appreciate the support and love. You know, hit us up on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, leave a five star review, all that good stuff. And we here, man. Get get excited. Get 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 your bet online stuff going so you can win some money. And, and drop it in the comment in the in the reviews and let us know how much money you've won. And like I said, we here college football week one. Let's go. Yep. And for me, it's, it's like always, baby. Remember that talent is always the factor. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.